As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, Golche, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Hi. Hi, Megan. So nice to be here. Hello, everybody. Yeah. So I've got to tell our listeners how we connected. It's been a little bit of a funny story to get us to this place of finally being able to press record and share everything we're going to share together. So I was telling Golche before we press record, this is the first time we've seen each other. You guys can't see us, but we're looking at each other on Zoom as we record this. We have met for the first time. And I have a really good friend in the industry. Her name is Laura Magitano. She's actually a client of Golche's right now. And Laura used to live a mile down the road from me in Florida. So naturally, and our daughters are the same age. So naturally, we connected. We became really good friends. She's helped me out. I've helped her out in business and in life. And she was a team member on my team for a couple of years teaching copywriting And before Laura moved this past summer, we were at my house, we were chatting about business, and I think I was talking to her about client retention and working with some of my clients. And she goes, you know what? I'm in this YouTube program, and you're not going to believe it, but every single one of us just renewed for a second round with our instructor. And I was like, who is it? Who is this? Tell me more. And so she told me all about you, Golche. And so I said, I have got to meet her. I have to have her on the show because it's almost unheard of that anybody has 100% retention in their group programs. I mean, it's, we have it, obviously you are experiencing that. Um, But this is a, it's becoming a much more hot conversation in our industry. So we're just going to see where this conversation goes. I've got so many questions for you and I'm so excited to hear you know, how you design your programs, how you format them, your approach, your thinking behind it. Um, so we're just, we're going to dive in. So I'm ha- I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. And I love talking about these things. Like I'm a full-time YouTuber, video marketer, and a YouTube strategist. But of course, in the industry we're in, we have to be very careful with the way we design curriculum, making sure our clients and customers are happy. So I'm very excited to be talking about this. It's not usually in my direct zone of genius, but it's something that I very intentionally implement inside all of my programs. And hopefully the viewers and the listeners will have some really nice takeaways from our chat today. Yeah. So fill us in on on the backstory. So go back to the beginning of when you initially started your business as a YouTube strategist. Tell us how your business was set up, because I think that'll, you know, sometimes the listeners have questions like, is this the first time you've ever worked with a group? How long have you been doing your craft before you decided to start a group? So kind of tell the backstory and and get us up to speed to the point where you decided I'm going to start a group program. 
That's a great question. So let's go all the way back to 2019 when I decided to basically go all in inside my YouTube education business. And at that time, I had my own YouTube channel, which is about life, career, and entrepreneurship in the Netherlands called Making It in Holland, if you all want to check it out. Um, it just hit its first 1,000 subscribers. And around that time, I had other entrepreneur friends of mine who were thinking about organic lead generation and, you know, trying to find ways that their content lives much longer. And that's not really only dependent on social media. So they reached out to me asking, well, we want to be able to do what you're doing for your YouTube channel and for your business, for our businesses. Can you help out? That's when I sort of started to kind of go more deeper into educating people, uh, all things about YouTube. And I basically started in a completely different niche just a little bit before. I'm, a, I'm an architect by training. So I used to do project management in sort of me medium to large size architecture offices. So in the very early days, I was kind of like at these crossroads. Do I go and teach architects or do I kind of you know, teach specifically like women entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants. And then I realized my heart was in the ladder. And then I was goodbye, architects, I love you. But you know, it's time to kind of move, move towards something else. And I realized one of the reasons why my initial business idea wasn't successful working with architects was that I wanted to have results and I wanted to have them fast. And I was actively looking for ways to cut corners. So I put my first ever digital thing for $49 at the time. It was a three-week kind of follow at your own pace course. But it was so haphazardly put together. And I was really not proud of it. And I realized at that time, if I'm going to make a switch over and be a YouTube educator and I want to take this business seriously, I can't try to outsmart myself. I shouldn't be skipping steps. So in 2019, at the end of 2019 specifically, I actually put to together my first kind of beta cohort that I wanted to run. And there were a couple of entrepreneur groups I was a part of. So there were a mix of free and paid groups for online entrepreneurs relatively early in business. And I said, hey, I want to, you know, test drive my Jumpstart YouTube Academy, which is what it was called back then. I'm looking for like three to four students just to kind of take you along this journey with me to see what you like about the process and the program and what you get out of it and what you don't like so much. So I can kind of like reiterate and make things better. So that, that was kind of my early phases of starting to run a group program. After that first round, I got some really nice testimonials, but a lot of food for thought. So then basically from very early 2020 until now, I con like continuously went back and tried to improve things and add things and take things out where necessary based on the client feedbacks that I've been receiving. So both during the beta phase, but after when I was running this program as part of a launch and I would have actual paying clients come in, go through the process, I was always really active and listening. And I think a big part of that was also listening to their body language and listen to what they're not saying 
and that kind of like the gray zone. So that really allowed me to hone in a program that I'm 100% confident brings people results in the coaching space. Also, creative service providers have been seeing great results with it too. And once I really built up my confidence, I felt like I could now add different elements to this group program and then eventually scale it and make it bigger to what it is now. So that's been a little bit of my journey from pivoting from architecture, trying to help architects to going all in with this new business, but also not trying to skip steps. I think that's been my number one takeaway so far. Okay, great. There's so many things that you said I want to I want to pick up on. I'm going to start with uh you said that you were able to adjust your program based on client feedback. Part of that feedback was your own observation of body language. Did you also collect feedback in a formal way inside of the program? Yeah. So what I mean with listening to body language is I would hop on literal one-on-one calls with the clients to do one-on-one very intimate progress check-ins. And I would listen to what they're saying, but then I would have that session recorded. So when I would watch it back again, I would sort of watch their gestures, their body language, you know, how they're feeling, you know, what they're feeling when they're saying what kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I mean by observing. So it's really actively observing when they're telling me their feedback directly. Mm -hmm. And another way that I also often got feedback is through just a simple Google form with some questions on there, you know, things like what's been your experience so far? Um, Has it met your expectations? Um, And I would often send this form halfway through the program um, with the premise like, hey, we're halfway done. Actually, I'm just now doing this in the second round of the Rent My Agency experience that I'm running. So halfway through, we always send this out so that if things are not going as well as we think they are, we at least have half of the program now left to reiterate, make changes and add things on. So this is something I did back then as well with that program when it wasn't as big. And I would write a lot of very um, guided but open-ended questions so that I could try to get to the essence of what people are seeking. Um, So it's been kind of like both through one-on-one calls and gathering feedback in that sense, but also uh, through a more formal way of sending out Google documents with forms. Okay. I love it. So if you are listening and you are taking notes write that down. The feedback is one of your most important aspects of your program, asking your clients for feedback. And I always teach my consulting clients to collect feedback in two ways, which you just described. One is formal and one is a bit more informal and organic. So the formal way is you had an actual Google form. It was a feedback form with questions. They're submitting their responses. You're doing it halfway through the program. And maybe you also did it at the end as well. And then the other way is more of an informal organic where you're getting on an actual conversation and maybe you have some planned questions, but then you're also able to ask follow-up questions based on what the person said. And then you're also observing tone of voice, body language, and then taking notes on that, even recording it. So, you know, oddly enough, um, when I work with entrepreneurs, bring me in as a consultant with their pretty large scale group programs, most of the people I've worked with, in fact, I think all of them, none of them were collecting feedback from their clients, none at all, not formally, not informally, no feedback. So if you can remember back 
to any like the kind of some of the general themes or, you know, consistent uh, ideas that you are hearing from your clients when you were collecting feedback that then guided you to know what to improve or iterate for the next time or even in that actual program. What have been some of the most common pieces of feedback you've received over the course of the last few years with your group programs? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first is I love teaching. I'm such a teacher at heart. So I love to nerd out and go into the very nitty gritty details of things. And sometimes that would mean that the sessions themselves or the videos themselves would be a little bit too long. So the first session, uh, so the first round of feedback was more about like the length of the actual sessions. And this is something that was very difficult for me to tweak, but I ended up kind of doing my best there because I love teaching and I love talking. You could probably tell. I do too. Um, (laughs) But that was the number one feedback, right? Like how do I give the essence of what I'm trying to teach with each video 10 minutes or less? ideally like five minutes or less. How can I take out the fluff? How can I get to the point as quickly as possible? And during this time, I also started leverage what I like to consider one of my strengths, which is visual thinking and design. Coming from a background in architecture, I broke down a lot of these concepts into visuals, graphics, so that just you know, by looking at that visual, you know what needs to be done. Almost like a picture is really worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. So that was the first change I made, you know, shorten the videos, add a lot of visuals for people who just want that one snapshot and they don't want to necessarily listen to me explain things further. So that was the first feedback that I took to heart and very much implemented as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you are accommodating different learning styles. Some people like to listen. Some people like to see something. Other people like to implement and use their hands. I am super low auditory. I'm much more visual and kinesthetic. So if all I'm doing is hearing someone teach, I would have to watch it over and over and over again to actually get it. But if they had an accommodating visual or something I could read, I would actually choose that and I wouldn't even listen to the video. So that's what I hear that you're doing, accommodating to the different learning styles, because all of our clients learn and process in a different way. Exactly. I think it's so important to be mindful of that. And these days, I'm actually thinking of taking that up to a next level. So being able to give people the possibility to download the lesson so they can listen almost like a podcast when they're like walking their dog or when they're out and about or like before bed or something like that, if they don't want to watch, but they just prefer to listen. Also including in much more detail, things like closed captions and actually be able to give people like a proper transcript if they prefer to read it. Um, So these are the things that are kind of like in the next stage of what I'm trying to achieve with my program to have it be more accessible to different learning styles and different sort of ways to consume content, let's say. So a listener may be thinking, wow, you are spending a lot of time making improvements to your program. I don't want to spend that much time. I already spent all this time creating it the first time around. I don't want to have to dive back in and do that because I don't make money when I keep going in and improving my content in my program. I hear that a lot. So obviously you're not making all of these changes at one time. 
you're doing it over a period of time. In fact, probably over a period of many years. How do you as a business owner decide what's priority to iterate and improve inside of your group program? And so two-part question, how do you decide what's most important and priority? And then how do you decide the frequency at which you're making edits and changes to your program to improve it? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, at the end of like a major round of a program, you know, we give out these forms like halfway through, but also at the end. And at the end, we look at what was the most frequently repeating theme in terms of the thing that needs to be changed. So based on that consensus, that's the first thing that we focus we focus on. So that's the first thing we change. And then um, if there are a couple of other things that are not as high, but I strongly believe that they need to be implemented. And if we are making this one change, we might as well go ahead and make a couple of changes all at once. I'm much more of a believer that, yeah, sure, you're not getting paid to make those changes right now, but that means further down the line, you could get paid even more for it. Mm -hmm. So I rather kind of like make the sacrifice of time and make multiple changes all in one go and just be happy with it, knowing that this is what the clients need, but also knowing that this is also actually increasing the value of my program. And I could also potentially increase my prices alongside with it. I would go down that route. And it just also makes me personally feel happier and more involved as a business owner, because in any given program that I'm in, I would I would love for the instructor to have the same level of sensitivity that I like to assume I have. You know, I like to maybe think too highly of myself, but I like to pay attention to the details. And I always like to put myself in the shoes of the customer, you know, like what would the client want to see from this experience? And I would love to deliver on it. So that's kind of like my uh, way of thinking when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. Cool. I love it. So let's dive into your, your program. Uh, you know, the one that, what's the name of the program that Laura is in that she was telling yeah. you about? Yeah. So that's the rent my agency experience. Um, and the tagline is basically get more out of your videos and multiply your videos. So that's on the YouTube. program that she's in on YouTube. Yeah. On YouTube. Okay. And you've run this program, this particular program two times, right? Yeah. So we're halfway through, we're just about halfway through the second round for this year. And it came to existence like just a couple of months ago, really. Uh, In May, 2022 was the first time I ran it. Okay. So walk us through, I I just think this is so fascinating for people. There's so many different, I I do want to say this before you dive into this next part. There are so many different ways to structure, deliver, and format a program right? So I believe yours is, is yours 90 days? It is. It's yeah. It's 12 weeks. That's 90 days, right? Yeah. 90 days, 12 weeks. Yeah. So programs can be like any length of time. They could be combinations of live calls, training, recordings, modules, accountability, buddy. I mean, it just is endless. You can have one call a week. You could have multiple calls a week. There really is no one right way to design, create, deliver and format a program. So I'd love for you just to give us an overview and walk us through how your whole entire program is structured and formatted in terms of the way that the client is experiencing the different elements of your program. Yeah, that's a really great 
question. So let's dive in with the basics. So it's a 12 week program and essentially entire 12 weeks, the teaching is live. So it's a very high touch live experience. I very much encourage people to come on to the actual calls as much as possible. And because the nature is live, what I found was most of the people did choose to come to the live sessions because it's a learning opportunity and it's also an opportunity they get to ask their own personal questions. Uh, But of course, with any program, I guess we also have the recordings which we then uh, meticulously upload into Circle, where the entire program is actually hosted. So there, everybody can have access to all of the replays as we're going through the 12 weeks. And they also have access to the community and a couple of the other sections that we have going on there. And then at the end of the 12 weeks, once we archive that Circle group, everybody gets access to a course platform where they have lifetime access to all of the recordings and the notes and the what have you. So if they ever want to revisit anything beyond the 12 weeks, they're able to do that separately on another platform. Essentially, at that point, the community and the actual course content get separated from each other, right? Because the community itself is basically running for 12 weeks. And I I decided to do 12 weeks because basically um, Jumpstart YouTube Academy, which I was running previously, was eight weeks. And based on that feedback, we found out that people appreciate few additional weeks to implement stuff. Eight weeks, while it was great and they learned a lot, felt like it didn't give most of the people enough time to implement. And this round of the program, there was actually quite a lot to do, including actual shooting of the videos, which you know can be quite a steep learning curve and there could be a lot of resistance before someone actually like gets to the position to record a video. So this is why we decided to say, okay, let's add four more weeks. So then we have some leeway in between for people to get their videos done on time. And this way we can also not stress people out. We can give everybody enough time but also hold everybody accountable to the deadline. So we're in a way still quite strict. We want to make sure people hit their deadlines. Maybe you saw a couple of uh, days ago, Laura said she batch recorded like five videos in one day and she was really happy. So that's kind of like the gentle nudges that we give in the program so that you can finish certain videos on time. And basically that gives the client a good experience. They usually have like a week Um, where they need to record four videos at a time. And to facilitate that, we, for this round, also added what we call co-shooting sessions, where you can come and actually shoot in real time using the Pomodoro method, which I guide you through. So this is for anyone who has that resistance to actually showing up and recording the video. You come to the co-shooting sessions, you walk away with your videos. So during deadline weeks, we actually host two of those one on Monday, one on Thursday. So you can have your four videos done by the Friday midnight, your time zone. So we really not just put the deadlines there, but we also give you like a space to to actually achieve the deadline. So that's been something that's been added on this round. And then we added those four extra weeks so that the agency side of my business and the editors that I work with also have enough space to create their magic and that things don't feel like they're being rushed essentially. So that's kind of how the program is structured. It's 12 weeks, it's live, recordings are available, but it's very much focused on actually getting your 12 videos done. 
You shoot them, we edit them for you, we make sure everything is YouTube appropriate. You walk away with we walk away with 20 repurposed shorter videos. You can use for shorts, reels, TikTok, Facebook reels, so you have more out of your video content. That's where the video multiplier angle comes from. You walk away with the audio files, so if you have a podcast or if you want to uh, you know include those audios as embeds in your website or inside your newsletters you're able to do that i have a very talented design team again also me coming back from the architecture background we designer of bespoke thumbnails so it's very much like a combination of done with you but very much emphasis on the done for you which uh, allows you to actually walk away with a full YouTube channel filled with videos and all you have to do now is just schedule them out and that's it. So part of your group program is the teaching of the content. Yeah. They are obviously doing the recording of the videos. You have the co-recording sessions. And then once the videos have been, re- the raw video has been recorded, your team is actually who's doing the editing. And that's part of the program. Yeah, so basically 12 videos, people record them in three batches and then my team does the editing and that is part of the program. Oh, that's amazing. You don't see that very often in group programs where there's a done for you element. Exactly. And this is something that I really wanted to do. And I think this is why we got very good feedback because no one really in my industry at least is doing it because it's quote unquote time intensive. But at the end of the day, it's what helps people to get the result because it's the biggest hurdle. It's the biggest block. Yes. Um, And I kind of wanted to do it in a way to also disrupt my industry, right? Just to add this new high touch element at such a like no brainer price point that um, hopefully everybody else in my industry in one way or another will consider including something that's done for the client, just for yeah. that high, high touch element as well. I love that you just use the word disrupt. I think that we are at a place right now in the expert coaching information industry where things have been done in a very similar way for more than a decade, I'd say more like 15 or 20 years. And I think that we're at this place right now where there's such a great degree of opportunity for the people who are willing to disrupt and pioneer and come up with these new innovative ways. Of, it's not like we need to ditch group programs or we need to ditch courses or masterminds. We just need to disrupt them using your word. Exactly. I think it's very important these days that there is something personalized and I'm such a big believer in giving people something also tangible that they can walk away with. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, they learn a lot. The program on its own is super highly valuable. You can definitely implement things at your own pace because you're learning a lot. But it just makes me feel much happier as a business owner, knowing that we remove all the big hurdles for you. So you can just focus on creating these videos, which let's be honest, sometimes is already quite a lot. That's already quite a lot getting to that point. Mm -hmm. And if we can make your life easier and, you know, give you the results, we're going to be those people that do it, essentially. Exactly. How many people do you have in your program right now? Um, So right now we have 12 people for this round. In the first round, we had six people. So all six people re-enrolled from the first round and then six more people enrolled 
for the second round, making it a total of 12 people right now in this round. Okay. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So you had six people who already went through the training. So they're very familiar with you, your style, what you taught them. They had already done some videos and now you have six new people, all the original six all renewed. So essentially they're kind of ahead of the game compared to the new six people coming in. How did you, how are you managing that in the beginning? Yeah, that's a great question. So we were really intentional about keeping the groups the same, but also splitting their deliverable deadlines. So people who were returners, they already were very familiar with what was being done. So for them, the most important thing was continuing to deliver the edits for them to make sure they're still on right track, to make sure they're still on top of their SEO, picking out the right kind of topic ideas and the titles. Um, to make sure that's still going well. But then the majority of the focus started to be on the actual execution. And it became a little bit more optional for the initial group to show up to the calls. Occasionally, some people still come if they have questions. Um, But I noticed that in the initial uh, calls, there weren't many of the returners. There were the new group because the returners were already very confident with those initial steps. Um, What I am seeing now as we are kind of halfway at at that halfway point, that some of the returners are kind of starting to come back to the calls because in the second half of the program, the stuff I teach is a bit more advanced. So I think they're coming to that second half because they want to get a refresher and maybe they want to learn things like SEO in a bit more detail, reading their backend data analytics, which is so important in a bit more detail. So overall, um, I think we are managing it really well to have this balance of returners and new people. New people, we are now focusing more on to make sure that they understand the frameworks, that they have the workflow, that they have their initial videos ready to go. But by kind of being able to have some returners and some new people, in a way, we're not doing too much extra work. Because for the returners, like I said, it's more about the execution. And then for the new people, it's about the delivery plus the execution more than the first group, basically. So you're teaching in round two, you're teaching the same sequence of content every single week on those live training and teaching calls. That's correct. Uh Yes, but based on the feedback, we did make some tweaks to this round of live teaching as well. Essentially, it is very similar, but we've added a few more extra things to make stuff a little bit more manageable for people. Mm -hmm. So it's the same at the core, but it's a little different based on the feedback. Okay. So you went from six people, which is, I I also, I'm going to say something here. If any listener has you're at the beginning stages of starting to work with groups. Maybe you've dabbled in it in the past, or you're just transitioning from one-on-one to group. I am a very big believer in starting with a few people first. Um, I typically recommend no more than 10 people in the first group you ever run or first group with a new, new type of program that you're leading five to 10 is a sweet spot. So you started out with six, which is brilliant. You doubled your numbers to 12 Now you're getting a feel for what it's like to run 12 people through this particular program. What's, what do you see as possible for like the third and fourth round? Are you starting to look at this is perfect just for 12 people? I don't want to have more than 12. Is it going to stay there? Or are you starting to see where I could have 20, 25, 
maybe eventually 50 people in this program. Are you starting to see ways to do that? And if so, um, not that you've done it yet, where do you see that the the way in which you've structured the program or the deliverables of the program, would that change at all if you had 50 people in the program or 25 people in the program? Yeah, that's a great question. So I definitely agree with you on that. I didn't want, I knew I could have more people, but back in May, I wanted to keep it very small and sort of like tighten it. And I promoted this to, this is also, I think, very important. I think the success of my program is also the way I opened card and the way I enrolled people. It wasn't like very easy to get on. You first had to go through kind of like an application process. And then after that, we had to get on a call. You know, I had to go through a certain like series of steps to make sure that when you're enrolling, that you're also going to get results and that you're also going to be a success story. So I think that's also important to keep in mind. Um, and I did all of this in a very simple way. Like I had a Google Doc. I had a very simple way of ap- ap- applying. I have a very simple way of like getting on a call with you like this on Zoom. Um, but now that we are running it the second time and we have 12 people, what we're seeing it, what we're saying, seeing with this program is this program is probably not one of those super hyper scalable signature programs because of the level of involvement that I have in the program as almost like a quality controller, because we want to make sure that all the videos are good, beyond good, that everything is on point, that there are are no issues and everything is good to go. So everything really needs my stamp of approval. And, you know, some might say like, I'm kind of becoming the bottleneck in my own business for this program, but I choose it to be like that because it's all about quality over quantity. So for this particular program, I think moving forward, for the March 2023 round, we're going to be max at the very, very most at 15 people. But at that point, because we run two rounds previously, getting great results, we're also going to be substantially increasing the p- price point. So we're not going to be changing the structure. We might add on a few extra things in the dr- deliverables, and we're happy to do that, provided that every everything is capped at 15 And then it's going to be a more of a high-end experience and the price point will also reflect that. And it's not going to be one of those super scalable programs. What I did think about doing, however, was to talk to my colleague that I run the program with and have her be the next me. So then underneath her, there could be other editors on board from my agency that she manages. So essentially we can double the capacity. So I can run exactly this with my set of editors inside the agency. And then that's 12. And then she can be me kind of duplicated. And then I have the editors that I work with that I love and trust anyway, that can be working underneath her. And then we could potentially have 24 people. But I I did not want to do that. Because like I said, for me, it's all about the quality of the experience rather than the quantity of the clients. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, something that has gotten very popular in the last couple of years is people have different, they use different words for this, but Once they have their group program and they've run it cohort style live, like what you're doing, 
everybody starts at the same time, everybody goes through the same curriculum and everybody ends at the same time. And then you start a brand new group all over again. And people are starting to want to go in this direction of sometimes they'll call it evergreen. Um, I call it rolling enrollment where people could join the existing program that's there with clients that are already in the program, but you could be bringing new people into that program every single week or every single day. And people are like, oh, okay, well, that's a really great way for me to scale. That way of running a group though also has its drawbacks, right? So just thinking of the model that you have and the result that you're promising and your body of work, um, is it even possible? And I don't even know if you've ever done this before, but could you even see that it's possible for you to have a structure that is more of an evergreen model? Or would you have to completely change the way in which you're running the program to fit that style? That's a great question. So this particular program is the one that I decided to launch. So this is kind of based on a launch model. Um, that happens twice a year. And then I actually have an evergreen group program that's a high ticket group program that goes for six months. And I do have a group of lovely entrepreneurs in there as well. So then that becomes more about strategic video marketing and strategic business model support. And YouTube, of course, because that's kind of the main thing that I lead with. And at that point, most of the people in that group are working with their own editors, or they want to learn and they want to do their own edits. So it's a different kind of need group, let's say. And with that group, we meet every single week and the accountability element there is really high. And we really look at like the strategic moves that need to happen for that week or for the following week. So in my business, I kind of baked that in. Like I have the evergreen or the rolling enrollment kind of like higher, higher ticket, hybrid curriculum, coaching, community-based program. And then this one is kind of the one that I launch twice a year. And sometimes when I do launch this thing, I can also promote it to my evergreen group in case anyone in there also wants to come and enroll to this one where they also have that done for you element at a maybe like special rate or like a special discount because they're already clients. So that could be a way that this rent my agency can be a sustainable thing on its own. And therefore it makes sense for it to be like capped at 15. And then the evergreen group program can basically like infinitely scale. But even with that, I'm very sensitive, making sure that in any given slot where we have calls, we don't have more than like 15, 20 people, because then it becomes uh, a little bit diluted in terms of its potency, I think. Now, the the evergreen group program that you have that's six months, does that follow a set curriculum or yeah. do you structure the curriculum differently than you do in the 12-week program? Yeah, there are overlaps, but it is a little different. And with the evergreen uh, rolling program, what we're finding is the magic really happens on the calls. So people really much prefer coming to the call, asking their like very important questions that need to be answered ASAP on the call and then have the community element for accountability. Um, and some people do prefer and they love going through the like curriculum and the modules and watch the videos and whatnot. But what I'm finding is I much prefer when people come ask me a question 
And then if I know that I have a resource that I can direct them to, I can direct them to that resource and then maybe give a very brief answer. And then the following week, they come having watched that video or that resource. And then we talk about, you know, how to make it their own and how to get the best results with that. Is there a difference in the level, like, um, Who's, who's your more advanced client? Is it the client in the 12 week program or the client who's in the rolling enrollment six month program? Yeah. So there is a bit of an overlap, but I would say overall, the 12 week program has the higher level clients um, who have been in business for several years, who have already had like multiple six figure and seven figure businesses and launches. So they're very, they're a lot further. And they actually do really love learning still, but they appreciate the done for you. So that's the higher level kind of client. In the group program, it's a mix, but I would say it's a mix of beginners to like mid-level entrepreneurs. Okay, great. I love it. I could keep asking you thousands more questions about your programs, (laughs) but we are running out of time. So thank you so much for peeling back the curtain and sharing just from a decision-making place, you know, what does that decision-making process look like for you when you are at the design level of a program and uh, an improvement level of a program? And then it was really interesting to hear the difference. I didn't even know you had a evergreen six-month program. It was really cool to hear the difference in how you're running those and how those are structured And also how you execute the launching and the filling of those programs. Because imagine, I couldn't imagine if you were trying to launch both of those back to back to back, you'd be in like a perpetual state of launching. So it was very fascinating to hear your entire process from start to finish. Obviously, we talked a lot about your program. So I'm sure people are very interested in YouTube and taking a deeper look at possibly even joining one of your programs. So where's the best place to you know, watch you on YouTube, get a better sense of your body of work so that people can start interacting with you there. And then of course, if somebody wants to check out either one of your programs, guide them, guide them there as well. Take a few minutes to do that. Yeah, I would love to share more. But before that, I forgot to mention, I feel like um, the most crucial part of all of this, um, a little over two years ago, when I, you know, was relatively new in business and I didn't have too much to invest back in the business. I actually had a VIP day with an instructional designer. I feel like this is so vital and I don't know why I complete. I think it was in the back of my head and I completely forgot to say it. Um, The reason why I'm saying this is I feel like it's sometimes important to acknowledge that as an entrepreneur, you're not maybe always the best teacher and you don't know your blind spots. And you don't know what you don't know. So therefore, if you have the opportunity to work with an instructional designer, I feel like this is something highly valuable for you when you are, you know, coming up with your curriculum and have a sounding board to make sure that everything is going to work like the way that you imagine. I love that. So you just gave me a plug because I do that. Exactly. Um, so if anybody's <laughs> listening and they need an instructional designer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted, That's why I wanted to bring that up. Like I, I definitely know how highly valuable that is. So it's definitely yeah. worth 
putting yourself, especially if you're serious about your business, if you see this as a long-term investment and you truly and genuinely not only care about your own profits, but also the results that your clients are getting. I feel like yeah. it's so powerful. Yeah. But with, with that said, you can find more of the work that I do over at videosalesmastery.com. So over there, you'll find both the rent, my agency, uh, experience details, as well as the way that you can work with me inside the six-month group program. I also still have uh, my agency work. So that's for entrepreneurs who are already at like multiple six, sometimes even seven figures. And they pretty much want to have kind of like Alex and Layla Hormozy style video marketing. So that's kind of the work that we do there with the agency. My agency is like a taster of that, again, for the higher level entrepreneurs, but also people who are more serious about getting started and, you know, to scale their YouTube channel and their visibility through video. But everything uh, it will be over at videosalesmastery.com. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. I love this conversation. I love this topic and just have so much appreciation for you and the way that you approach the design and delivery of your programs. It's just so masterful. And um, yeah, people, I, I know that our listeners got such value from this. So if you're listening, I hope you took really great notes because you got a lot, a lot of good stuff here. So thank you so much, Colche. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.